Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Codex Prime Podcast, and Happy New Year. We are on episode 148, and it is Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, y'all? Indeed, 2019 is here. A brand new year, 2018, is officially in the rear view. We have a few things to talk about tonight, some exciting things um, on the nerd front. And man, uh, we're just coming out of a two-week hiatus. Feels like two years, but we are back. It did kind of drag a bit. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was good. Definitely relaxing, um, making the most of every, uh, every minute to relax and catch up on games. And we'll be talking a bit about that. Yes, the hell you would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got Nikita and Eddie Ortiz yep. on the feed. So welcome, guys. Happy New Year to y'all. And uh, Carl, right now you're sharing the episode, I see. Yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, while you're doing that, uh, let me uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsor here, Studio Headphones, uh, Studio Regent Headphones, uh, 24-hour battery life. Studio quality sound, Bluetooth capable, and you can get yours for free by entering Codex Podcast. Get them for free? No, you get fifteen percent off. Well, yeah, this this is this is how this is how much I didn't didn't memorize the sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) No, they never even gave it to us. We just said, okay, here's something that you can say, but just put our little twist to it. But basically, yeah. you just got to log on to studio.com and get 15% off by using the promo code Codex Podcast. Codex Podcast, yes. Yeah. And of course, there's free shipping in the USA. USA. That's, your, that that's your line. You forget that. <laughs> I do. I forget it. I forget it quite often. But yeah, that's our sponsor. So yeah, man, uh, got a like I said a, bu- a bunch to talk about. Um, for me, there's a big, uh, big chunk of my time for the past uh, couple of weeks since Christmas. Mm-hmm. Since Christmas, I was playing Red Dead Redemption Two for the PlayStation Four. Uh, this game is the prequel to the 2010's Red Dead Redemption, and uh, this game I got for free. I got it as a Christmas present. Well. Pl- yeah. Well done. Yeah, and it's and it was from, from you know who I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Well, well done. Yes, and uh, I gotta say it was worth every minute. Um, this game is long, but I'll get into that in a moment. Uh, it is a prequel to the first Red Dead. It takes place in 1899, so it's about uh, 12 years before the events of the first game, and this is taking place during during the dying days of the Old West, and you play as Arthur Morgan, who's a high-ranking member of the Dutch Vanderland gang. So he's uh, Dutch Vanderland's right hand. Um, and uh, him and their gang, they're being pursued by Pinkerton government agents. So they're retreating across the American South. And uh, Dutch Vanderland is stringing the gang along with promises of one more score so they can get the government off their backs and they can just retire in peace in Tahiti. That's uh, Dutch's goal. But you see cracks form in the foundation uh, from the very beginning, uh, as uh, as you see, just how charismatic Dutch is as as a leader. But you see that the cracks were already there from the beginning. And I gotta say, the storytelling of this game is exceptional. It's definitely the best Rockstar storyline I've I've seen from all of their games that I've played so far. Even Grand Theft Auto Five? Oh, much better than Grand Theft Auto really? Five. Really? Yeah, by a long shot. You Jones, the... okay, years ago. Mm-hmm. Victor won't let nobody borrow shit. That's right. Would not. Mm-hmm. This is the only now. He warmed up a bit. If I ask him to borrow something, you know, I would. You know, he would. You know, he'll like. He lightened up a bit, and he actually let me borrow it. Mm-hmm. This is the only Grand Theft Auto Five was the only thing he actually pushed. Like you must borrow this. Oh, other than our Criterion bets. Yeah. Speaking of bets. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing this up. Yeah. Yeah, you can bring it up uh, later when I'm done. Talk about Red Dead. But I, yeah, I'm bringing this up though. But go ahead. Yeah. But uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is definitely the best storytelling of any Rockstar game. 
And especially when you, being that it's a prequel mm -hmm. and it bleeds into the events of the first game, if you take both games as a whole, it's an utter masterpiece. And man, you can see, you can definitely go back to the first game and see how things concluded and see why some characters are the way they are because the seeds were planted in this game. Right. And uh, man, this is, this is just absolutely incredible. Um, and what helps is the, the quality of the voice acting. Uh, you have um, Roger Clark, who plays Arthur Morgan, who's got that strong Southern drawl. Yeah, I believe he won a uh, Game Award for that. Oh, well-deserved. Well-deserved performance. Uh, you you feel for him uh, throughout this game. He's a man of honor, uh, even though he runs, even though he has no illusions about himself or and what their gang is and, and what they do. They are outlaws. They do rob. They do steal. They occasionally murder. So he has no illusions about, about being a Robin Hood type, unlike unlike his uh, leader Dutch, um, and you and seeing his journey uh, from where where it begins and where it ends is quite powerful, and it helps through Roger Clark's performance. Um, you have the voice actors uh, from the first game, uh, Benjamin Byron Davis, reprising his role as Dutch Vanderland. As uh, you you see you like you see you see him in the first game, and he's a shadow of his of his old self. He just uh, sounds like a totally defeated man. But in this game, you see him as this charismatic, gregarious uh, leader who styles himself as this Robin Hood type. And um, but as the game progresses, you you find that his you, you find that his whole his whole motivation can boil down to four distinct sayings: "I have a plan," "We need the money," "One more score," and "Tahiti." It just boils down to four things, and that becomes his uh, almost to the point of parody. <laughs> but you see why. Um, uh, you have a uh, Rob Rob White Rob Wheathoff who uh, who reprises his role as John Marston, the protagonist of the first game, and his storyline is very interesting. You see his family and their five year old son Jack, who grows up in the in the first game, and you see how and why he makes the decisions he's made. Uh, Bill Williamson, who's another character, uh, voiced by Steve J. Palmer. Uh, Bill Williamson, um, he always comes off as a as a dumb hick, and uh, in the first game, and you saw he has a huge chip on his shoulder because, like, in the first in this game part two, you see that he wants to do, he wants to step up and do more in the gang, but nobody takes him seriously because he is by and large a dumb hick, and that that you can see that weighing heavily on him and how he just decides to lash out on people at people. Um, Hosea Matthews, uh, he's like the conscience, the heart and soul of the gang. And you've got Micah Bell, uh, voiced by Peter Blomquist, who, man, Micah, Micah Bell, this character is a true SOB. He is a one of the most vilest characters I've seen in any Rockstar game. Like, like I'd rather, I'd rather spend a day in the park with Trevor Phillips than with Michael Bell. That's how much I hate Micah Bell. <laughs> and, I, and I won't say any more. Um, also, another great character is Sadie Adler, uh, voiced by Alex McKenna. And man, wow, what a character! Uh, I, I wish she, I, I wish she was featured in the first game. And maybe there'll be some, maybe there'll be some other DLC packs that follow her. And of course, uh, Graham Greene, uh, noted uh, Native American actor who plays the character Rain's Fall in a crucial part of the storyline. Uh, so yeah, you got the character development <clears throat> there. Uh, extremely detailed open world. Like the graphics are just incredible, um, almost almost to a obsessive degree. Like I like the like it's, it's it's definitely the largest environment of any Rockstar game. You have different environments like the grassy, vast open plains. You got the swamp, bug ridden bayous. You got Saint Denis, which is a representation of uh, uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, you got the muddy roads, these booze soaked saloons, snowy mountains. It's it's dope. It's just everything is dope. Um, the sound design is is awesome too. You hear like crickets, like bugs and animals as you're as you're driving around. And the soundtrack, of course, I gotta say the soundtrack is incredible work, incredible work by Woody Jackson. And there's a crucial point in the game which features a song by D'Angelo called "Unshaken." Who? D'Angelo. I was very surprised. As in, how does it feel? The same. The same guy. I didn't recognize his voice when I first when I first listened to it because I because he I thought it sounded like he was singing at like a, 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 a at a deeper register. It kind of sounded like the first season's theme of True Detective, so I didn't recognize it was him until I read until I read afterwards. Like, oh, D'Angelo made that song Unshaken. I'm like, oh, really? Wow. 
but it came it comes at a very crucial moment uh point in the game and it and it was a very powerful moment is it a good song at least it is okay it's very good and up. and the entire score is like i said phenomenal absolutely phenomenal yeah they performed that at the game awards actually oh nice okay yeah um and uh i will say that the main missions if you just do the main missions and the side missions alone that's a good 40 plus hours right there so this game is as long as as many rpgs and it took me in real time uh two weeks uh two weeks and two days to finish this game and i was going hard body in it playing for hours at a time you was because there's people who are still trying to beat this game Mm -hmm. since the game came out yeah I bet there's so much in it, and I just powered through it. Just side missions. Whenever side missions pop up, I get I clear those, then go back to the main missions, and that's all you really need to do. That'll take up all all your time. Um, now I will say that the game is near perfect. There are some things about it that I find a little annoying. Uh, for example, like Rockstar had this obsession with like making this game as realistic as possible like verisimilitude um but it's pretty inconsistent like for example like when you're when you're riding on horseback you know you have your loadout you can arm yourself up to two two rifles two long arms and two pistols sometimes the game unequips your loadout when you get off your horse mm-hmm. so you have to like reequip yourself again and sometimes it sometimes it leaves you alone it, which which I found pretty annoying um, also in this game, because of, because of realism, you can't fast travel like you did in the first game. So you can't fast travel to any location. You can only fast tra- travel from your camp. And even when you fast travel from your camp, you can only fast travel to towns and, uh, like train stations. And even, and even if you do fast travel to any town or station, like say you travel to a, like a town or a train station that's, that's cl- as close, like close enough to your camp. You still gotta get. You still gotta go get there by horseback. But if your horse is too far, you can't. You can't whistle for it, so your your horse won't appear. So you gotta walk or steal somebody's horse. It's really. It gets really annoying. And plus the whole uh, uh, health and wellness system in the game, where you gotta eat to maintain your your health or your stamina. It's dumb. It. it the game didn't need it's that. Real- <laughs> Realism. It's realism, but it it, it, interfe- it it interfered with the the pace of the game because like I found that even when I even when I fed the, the character Arthur, what I I fed and, and went to sleep regularly, mm. my character was still underweight, and and it's so weird because when you're underweight, your stamina goes up, but your health drains faster. Right. But it, but if you're overweight, your your health is fortified, but your stamina drains faster. It's it's dumb, and then there's a point in the game where the game just throws that system out entirely, and I'm like, this is this, this is stupid. This 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 is a waste of my time. And minor flaws. I think and and also, uh, I will I will say, uh, uh, hunting in the game is useless. You don't even need to hunt in the game because hunting is more trouble than it's worth. Because unlike unlike the first game, you find it, you find an animal, you shoot it, you skin it, you get its pelt, you sell its uh, you sell the pelt, you can use the meat or sell the meat simple in this game you got to track the animal not only that you got to make sure from the very beginning that the animal is in good enough condition to hunt then um you gotta you gotta use arrows to uh to uh to preserve the pelt as best as possible because if you if you shoot it with bullets then you can damage the condition of the pelt when you skin it okay but you can't just use any arrows you got to use a certain type of arrow sharpness with with uh with certain with certain degree of sharpness and uh, and don't and you can't keep the meat for too long because the meat's gonna spoil. It, it, it's it's a it's a lot more trouble than it's worth. And 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 and, it's, and the game gets comical because the game the the gang well Dutch is always complaining about oh we gotta get we gotta make enough money to escape we gotta get we gotta get the money we need the money we need one more score. There's a certain point in the game where you make you make enough money where you don't have to worry about it. like like. You make so much. You make enough money in the game that you can basically the game could basically just leave. They can just stop what they're doing and just go to Tahiti if they wanted to, but it's inconsistent with the storyline. And plus, it's a prequel, so it has a predetermined conclusion. So you have like you literally have like maybe like two thousand, maybe three thousand dollars, which which went pretty far in eighteen ninety nine. Yeah. But it's like, but we need the money. We're desperate. I got three thousand dollars right here. We could just literally leave right now. We don't have to deal with any of this nonsense. Yeah. But 
but yeah, other but yeah, there's the but besides besides those uh those flaws, um, I will say like Red Dead Two is a near perfect game. It's absolutely worth it. Forty plus hours of your time well spent. Uh, the main missions and side missions is all that you really need to do. Um, and man, it's it's it it is a masterpiece. I thought I will say God of War is still my favorite game of twenty eighteen. And Spider-Man's my second favorite. This is my third favorite. Really? I mean, it dropped third. Yeah. But very close in quality with the first two. Okay. Well, uh, Kyle Chapman says you use a vermin rifle. I guess that would help you. A varmint rifle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would help. All right. Anything else you got? Uh, Well, I got... Well, there was a, a quick movie recommendation. Um, And I and this is this was my favorite movie of 2018. Uh, it's uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. You know what? I saw the commercial for it, and I'm just like, this is a Victor-ass movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I want to I was like, I know he's a... And it was done by the uh, same director who did Moonlight. Yeah, Barry Jenkins. Dang, that was his name. I'm like, Victor saw this two days ago. Yeah, I actually saw it on Christmas. Um, uh, I saw it... Th- yeah, because it's like it, New Year's when I said that. Yeah, because it, it, it just opened here in Providence, in Rhode Island, but it was in Boston, uh, so I went up to Boston to see it, and uh, it was it was well worth it. Uh, Beale, if Beale Street could talk, it's based on a 1974 novel of the same name by James Baldwin, mm-hmm. and it's about this young this young black couple and um, the uh, 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 Alonzo, who's known as Fani, played by Stefan James. And a newcomer Kiki Kiki Lane, she plays um, her, his girlfriend Tish. Um, they're about to have a child, but uh, Fani is uh, falsely accused of rape, and he's um, and he's uh, sent to jail. And it's up to Tish and the rest of her family to bail him out to get enough money to bail him out. And so this is a beautiful, beautiful love story, and um, the way that it was shot by the cinematographer. Um, James Laxton, who who shot uh, uh, Barry Jenkins' previous two films, Moonlight and Medicine for Melancholy, the the film looks, is just lush looking, just bright, saturated colors. Um, I just love the way all the actors, like especially the main two actors, were lit. Um, because like you know some 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 directors even still ha- have trouble lighting black skin, dark black skin properly. This film doesn't have that problem. It's like beautifully lit, beautifully shot. Um, I love the score, the the music by Nicholas Bertel. Um, it's it's a it's a lovely lovely score. Uh, Regina King is definitely going to get an Oscar for the for her role. She plays a uh, uh, Tish's mother, uh, Sharon. Uh, she just won a Golden Globe for her role, and rightfully so. Uh, for that role, yeah. Uh, Regina King was was absolutely uh, uh, delightful in the film. And she has a, a pivotal scene, which I won't spoil, which was like, whew, that I, I felt every minute of that. Um, there's also a cameo appearance by Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy in Atlanta, and he was also in um, Widows. And he's only in the film for 10 minutes, but there's a scene where he's, he catches up with uh, Alonzo or, or Fani, and uh, they're sitting down, and he's talking about just getting out of prison. And it's a 10-minute uh monologue where he's explaining like what he went through and just like brian tyree's uh henry's performance just just him having that far away look in his eye just reliving the trauma that he experienced in prison <sighs> man i see like the cast is Powerful. like pretty pat like it is and one person that that's in the one actor that's in this movie that caught me off guard and i wasn't expecting it was ed screen yeah he plays the he plays the racist cop who <laughs> who, who puts him away and like like Ed Screen, like I don't know, like they made him they made him look like a zombie, basically. Like his face is all pockmarked and just wasting away. Like he looks like a piece of crap. Like I I hated him as much as I hated uh uh Will Poulter's racist cop character. Oh, in Detroit. Detroit. I yeah. still gotta see I still gotta see that because I know it's on um I don't know if it's still on Hulu, come to think about it. Hmm. It might be on Hulu or Amazon Prime. Or one, one, or both, but yeah. man, and, and God, I hate his character. <laughs> but uh, oh man, it, it, it's it's such a beautiful film, though. Um, like you just see like this young couple in love and their support system and their and their journey, and 
and how they grow together. And their performances are just absolutely wonderful. They should get more uh, more awards recognition than they than they have. Because Stefan James, he was in Shots Fired. It was a miniseries on Fox. Okay. And he was really good in that. And now, Kiki, and Kiki now, Lane, she's new. And, wow, I want to see more work from her. Yeah. Now, did... Wait, when did this movie come out? Uh, it came out... Uh, well, it came out in Boston on Christmas, and it just opened wide last Friday. Okay, so would that still qualify too? Like as um, would did it still make like the Oscar deadline? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Any any movie that opens like in a theater, like in New York or Los Angeles, under like limited limited release, would qualify for the Oscars. Uh, but man, I I love this film. This is my favorite film of 2018. Absolutely, hands down. Really. It is. Yeah. Even, even more than Infinity War. Yeah, way more than Infinity. Um, you can't even compare those two because, like, we're talking about comic book films. Like, if you're talking about comic book films, I mean, that's a separate discussion. But like, taking it as a whole, man, Beale Street could talk. Whew, hands down, my favorite. There was another one that she was doing some too, but I can't. I can't think about it at the moment. Was it uh, Roma on Netflix? You did speak highly of that one. Yeah. But I I knew there was a one of, there was another one that you saw. Oh no, a, a Star is Born. A Star is Born is in, is incredible. Um, like if Beale Street could talk didn't come out last year, I think A Star is Born likely would have been my number one still. But man, man, I I, I can't I can't say I can't you say cried, didn't you? I didn't cry in a, okay. If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, but I, I I definitely felt I definitely felt it when I watched it. Like well. it's. It's a film that stays with you. Okay, well, John Vaponic said uh, Aquaman will be a new favorite. I didn't even get a chance to see that. <laughs> but um, said Wakanda forever. I'm biased. <laughs> Shout out to Latifah. And um, anything else you got? Uh, that's pretty much it on my okay. end. Well, for starters, you made this bet about a month ago. Uh, was it? Like a month and a, a month, month and a half ago. Yes. Okay. Well, ago. we have we had um, if you date back on our archives, uh, Victor and I actually made the bet, made a bet. Yeah. That if the Cowboys make the playoffs, yep. He would have to wear a Cowboys jersey yeah. for an entire episode. Yeah. And if I lose, and if they didn't, I would have to eat. That disgusting turd in the wind creation that is Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, pay is due, so here you go, sir. You, you really bought the jersey. I sure did. You gotta uh, listen. I wore an Eagles jersey. Okay. Uh, all right. Excuse me while I. Suffer the indignity of putting this. Oh, you be just fine. You be just fine. Carl, why does it smell like Jurgens and Red Bull? Alright, last time I watched it. Last time I um God damn it. This... Yeah. Last time I wore it, Nia Jax was on TV. Oh god damn it. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? Honor, you gotta honor the bet. I know. Should... Listen, I'm a man of my word. Uh I'll I will wear the jersey of the cows. And uh who, who who's the player? Oh, it's Des Bryant. He's no longer on the team anymore. But yeah, well, well, good for him. But uh, not really because he suffered. He tore his ACL like the week after he got someone to the Saints. Ouch! Not even a week, like two days after. Oh well, well, there you go. But yeah, um, uh, hold on the fort for like a, a few seconds while I suffer the indignity of putting on this uh, musty ass, bust ass hold jersey. Up, hold up! Hold up! We must. <laughs> Hold up. Yep. Lead him. <laughs> Look at that. Why can't you do it here? Why can't you do it right here? Do it on camera. Make sure everybody can see you. You ain't got to see me. They ain't got to see me. <laughs> no. Don't be mad. Shut up. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Look at that. Uh, I feel unclean. Oh, you, the, first of all, Ruxin, I don't want to hear it. I've been watching the league on um, net, on Hulu lately. So, there we go. Boy, you look good. 
I'm not talking to you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Look at it. I'm watching back on the replay. That is great. That is great. So, yeah. Um, I actually been on to some, some stuff. Meh, just some stuff. Nah, um, I finally, after I want to say about a week, finally watched Wrestle Kingdom 13 in its entirety. Oh, yeah. Oh, you lit up for that one. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed it. Shut up. It's been in my closet for like <laughs> since last season. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I do have one flaw, though. Oh, what's that? One flaw. Because there was no surprise... Because we knew where the elite was going. Yeah. That is just like, there was no, yeah, there was no surprise. Like, we knew they was going to, you know, drop their prestige, you know, their particular titles. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, just the match quality itself and all 10 matches, including the pre-show, mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. Fire. Especially the main show opener with Kota Ibushi against Will Ospreay. Yeah, for the never open weight championship. Yeah, that's like a that's a match that I will put on to non believers. Yeah, I agree. Like they had such excellent chemistry. It was a intense back and forth. Yeah, I mean, and the age difference is like insane. And like Code is thirty six. Mm-hmm. Will Ospreay is like twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> and Code is still moving like he was twenty three. Mm-hmm. They even mentioned it. They mentioned in the um, commentary and like, hey. Will Ospreay looked up and watched Kota Ibushi growing up. I'm like, how the fuck old is this kid? (laughs) Like, if WWE does get their hands on Will Ospreay, Mm -hmm. NXT UK, and leave him alone. I agree. He is a main roster caliber talent, Mm -hmm. but leave him alone in NXT UK. Yeah. Either NXT UK or... Just NXT, yeah. Yeah, or or AEW if that takes. We'll up. get to that later. Yeah, but yeah, no, but unfortunately with that match, uh, Coda did suffer a concussion after the match. The shit out of him. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully he'll recover soon. Yeah. So then, um, another thing I've been doing, I've been doing into, I've been getting into my my usual reads, but this one I picked up for cheap, and yeah. I just had to like read it, and it's the original Infinity Gauntlet mm-hmm. trade paperback. Nice. I mean, with Endgame coming out, and I wanted to do this like, m- like sometime last year. I had to read the original Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Gauntlet, just to see like the differences and how they portrayed it in the film and in, in the comic. Yeah. And I would honestly say, like, the the book is just as good as the movie. Oh, like they had to make a lot of necessary changes because you know character right you know the movie rights to certain characters yeah. so they haven't had to include like Black Panther is not in this at all mm-hmm. but you know certain things and then like the the snap heard around the world happened like right in the beginning like he already had it wow so there's one thing I do want to research is how Thanos got all the Infinity Stones mm-hmm. Nebula was a was a um was like a key character she actually ends up getting it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not sure if there if that's a spoiler for the movie, mm-hmm. uh, but Adam Warlock plays a huge role mm-hmm. in this book. Okay, so that might be possible foreshadowing for Endgame. Well, that's the thing we don't know. Mm-hmm. We do not know because of the simple fact that like, okay, they brought him in as for Guardians, and then the whole James Gunn situation happened. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, all right, what direction are they gonna are they're gonna take. Yeah. I mean, Wolverine is in it, but he kind of just gets decimated pretty fast. Lots of characters in it. I do highly recommend you read this before you um, watch Endgame, mm-hmm. or at least read this, then watch Infinity War all over again, so you can pinpoint like lots of different, like many uh, differences that um that happened. Like another, for instance, uh, another um yeah, another part is when in the beginning of Infinity War the movie. Hulk actually comes crashing down through the Sanctum Sanctorium. Yeah. It's actually Silver Surfer. Oh, wow. Yeah, obviously Silver Surfer wasn't in, you know, in Infinity War, so, I mean, they couldn't use it. So, I mean, I think they were all played out right, but there was actually more characters, and they all played, like, huge parts in it. But I do, I, I will say I do like the way that they, that they took this story 
mm-hmm. and you know flipped it so you know they can tell like a good story of it in the movie. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend it for it. It's written by Jim Starlin, the art by George Perez and Ron Lim. Like highly recommend this. Like you can find I mean you can find that like Newberry Comics or anywhere. Yeah. Um also yesterday was the actually no, I'll skip this one. Uh last Friday, um me, myself and a lot of the fellas from our wrestling fantasy warfare group mm-hmm. met up at Asia Grill Asia Grill for dinner. Okay. I mean we it was pretty we was pretty loud, but it was just full full of just passionate wrestling fans and stuff. It was a great time to be had by all. Mm-hmm. Um shout outs to Kevin Levema, um Ed Stravado. We just said, Hey Carl, come here. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Oh, here you go. Here's a ticket to NXT. Oh wow. Yeah, so we're gonna be sitting in the suites for that. Nice. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to all that. Um what was it? Kyle wore the funny Kyle Chapman from the UWO wore the funniest shirt. And it fit him to it fit him perfectly to a T. What's that? He slayed his I got kids shirt. <laughs> that does fit. He's got four kids. So like, <laughs> like he's just like because you know everybody showed up. I showed up in my Kenny Omega shirt, mm-hmm. and he's like, all right. I, everybody had different shirts on. He goes, all right. I got a shirt that's just gonna kill it. Took that off. I mean, we all laughed hysterically. Um, Lou Fabrizio was there. Shout outs to Steve. So many people was there. Adrian couldn't make it unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian came through. Yeah. Had great time to be had by all. Mm. So, and also, yesterday was the All Elite press conference. Yep. Did you catch it? I didn't catch it, but I followed it. Followed up on social media on Twitter. Yeah, I followed the I followed the highlights, and I'm I'm definitely excited for this for this show. Yeah, Pro, I think the wrestling industry needs it. It does. Um, can you want to break down some of the highlights? Ooh, let me see. First of all, it was hosted by my boy Conrad Thompson, who hosts the who's the co-host of the Something to Wrestle podcast. Mm-hmm. Shout outs to oh, Rest in Peace, Mean Gene. They yeah. did, their last episode was about Mean Gene. Hilarious. I bet. Hilarious. Oh my god. He said that he said the two people that Bruce Prince said the two people that Mean Gene could not work with. Who's that? Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior. Really? Other than that, he can work anything. He can. He was able to work with anybody. Wow, that's surprising. Because they both kind of like to just do their own things mm-hmm. instead of just like working with him. Yeah. And me and Gene was um able to fit and was able to um like feed off of them. Yeah. But um another thing, what made me and Gene so good at his job, and this is something I never knew. What's that? He was a salesman before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I heard about that. Like, I was reading a tribute. Like, um, I forgot what he was selling specifically. Me too. So I don't feel yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that definitely translated to uh, to how, how natural. Very he well, because you got to uh, be able thing. to sell the match, sell the event, and he did that to a T. So mm-hmm. yeah, there will be nothing. Go- the goat's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But back to uh, all elite. I mean, I was on the chat with our UWO brothers, mm-hmm. and Brian just said. Fellas, we're going to Vegas for their double or nothing event. And I said, listen, that event's already sold out. Yeah. It's Isn't... in May. May 24th, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's already sold out. Oh, yeah. Guarantee it. I don't even think tickets went on sale yet, and it's already sold out. Oh, yeah. Pre-sales and all that. Listen, I don't even think they even announced that yet. Mm. But it's just the buzz alone. Remember All In. Yeah. All In sold out in a half, less than a half hour. Yep. Yep. And everyone got their money's worth. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. With and with AEW, um, like one of the big highlights was uh, I don't know if they they announced uh, uh but like health coverage for yeah. the wrestlers, which is a huge, <laughs> I'm like, huge get. They in trouble. I actually posted on on Wrestling Fantasy Warfare the article that SmackDown was ha- SmackDown just happened to be in Jacksonville that same night mm-hmm. last night. Yep. They banned all AEW t-shirts. Yeah, I saw. I that. was like, "Ooh, they mad." Yeah, like any, like I heard that that was real though. Even paying fans, fans who already bought their tickets were turned away from the door if they had AEW merchandise on, or uh, if they try to if they try to attend the SmackDown show uh, last night. That was yeah. Simple solution. Wear another shirt over. Yeah, and then um, and then once you get in, 
when you settle, hopefully you're sitting in the mid row where they can't catch you. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a hard camera. Well, if you're in a hard camera, then they'll send somebody to get you. But yeah. at least get your two seconds worth of fame. Yeah. <laughs> and just take the shirt off, put, put your arms up like that. Shout out to B Rob because he did that when I caught him on Raw. <laughs> nice. Well, ain't this a <laughs> Wow. Can you be- can't believe you're both wearing Cowboys jerseys. You're damn right. I can't believe it either. Hey, you honor your bet. Listen. I watched Mulholland Drive and Dress, dress to Kill, right? Yeah. All right. Why can I remember the one that I liked? Yeah, Dress to Kill. Cause Mulholland, I cannot remember. Because Mulholland Drive is awesome. Mulholland Drive is weird as fuck. I know. It's, it's beautiful, isn't it? No. It was weird. If it was us, if, we've been through this before. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, what else? Jericho signed to them. Yep. Which is a huge, which is like huge news. Well, Jericho's at that age where you can do whatever he wants. Oh yeah. Yeah. Coming off that bit brutal match. Oh yeah, with Tetsuya Naito. Yo, they beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, they did. Remember that? that there was that one moment where Jericho gave Naito the spike DDT on that announce table. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Tighten it. Jericho lost a patch of hair, and he just had welts on. If you follow his Instagram, mm-hmm. like he just he shows all his injury, all his injuries and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, dude, dude put himself through the ringer in yeah. that match. Oh, yeah, and um, WWE put moved Chris Jericho to their alumni page. Yep, I saw that. I was like, I mean, yeah, but I think I don't think he's going to. My opinion is I think that Jericho is just there just to help them get, like, help AEW get their upstart. Yeah. And then he'll probably come back and just retire just retire off front with the, retire with the WWE. Oh, yeah. I think WWE does have a pretty good retirement package right now. Hmm. Oh, do they? Yeah, and then they put you on like, and then you have like legends contracts where you can still do whatever you want, but yet you, whenever they need you to do like appearances on behalf mm. of WWE, oh, you can do it. You can yeah. do that as well. Nice. Um, anything else you got? Uh, let's see. I know. Um, I know Brandy Rhodes. Uh, announced uh, there's going to be a women's division. Yeah, Britt Baker's the first female signing. Yep, and there's going to be equal pay yeah. between the men and women. Yeah, also Pac signed. Yes, Pac, for those who don't know, he was formerly known as Neville from WWE. I'm, I'm ready to see him against Hangman, Hangman Page. <sighs> that, yeah. man. Just just like Conrad, Conrad said it yesterday, tell your friends, wrestling's cool again. It is, it is. And this is this is what I want to see, like viable competition they, they got uh, backing from Tony Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's billions and billions yeah, right there. The owner signed. The owner signed. The first, the owner. Well, yeah, you can say it because it's owned by the Khan. It's gonna be owned by the Khan family. Yeah. It's just that Tony Khan's gonna be, who's the Jackson? Who was the own the Jackson? The Jags's owner's son. Yeah. Okay. I guess he has a shit. He has a say in. He's like a minority owner, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, he's gonna be, basically running it. Yeah. So all that, and Daddy's just providing the money. Hey, feels yeah. good to be rich, don't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. It takes uh, it takes billions to run a a good wrestling business. Hopefully they won't. Hopefully they won't. Uh, they'll avoid the business pitfalls of Impact or WCW. Oh yeah, wrestling. Oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of WCW, <laughs> back to back to Wrestle Kingdom. Yo, Vince Russo. Did you hear what he said? Nah. Vince Russo said. If you wake up at two in the morning to watch a fake fight, you are a mark. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> you never know, heard the term mark? No, I've heard. I know. I know the term. What the mark? What's the term mark is? But it's like, are you saying that we're just a wrestling fan? Is that it? Yeah. Like, so fuck you for that. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> like you're a mark too if you're in the business. Yeah. You are in the business because you're a mark. Exactly. And Vince Russo shouldn't be talking because he's the one who pioneered those dumbass pole matches. <laughs> Judy Bagwell. Yeah. Among other things. David Arquette is champion. Yep. But you know what? Good for David Arquette because one thing I learned that he was doing, listening to all, all my other um, podcasts I listened to throughout the week, that David Arquette actually takes his, he took his money from WCW mm-hmm. and he actually created a fun uh, foundation for like the, to help the families of wrestlers who passed. Yeah, like uh, Darren Draws. Well, he helped the families of Darren Drozdov, who's still around, and Owen Hart and Brian Pillman. Yeah, I saw a recent picture of Darren Drozdov. Oh, yeah? And guess who was featured in that picture? Who? D'Lo Brown. Wow. The most underrated wrestler in the Attitude Era. I agree. 
Yeah. Eurocontinental champion. Yeah, they said this, he has like no ill will against D. LeBron. He's like, listen, I know the business that we get into. That mm-hmm. went, it was an accident. Yeah. Very costly one. Oh, yeah, though. it's definitely not on that. I try to look up that episode of SmackDown on the network. It's not on there. Mm. Yeah. But, um, awesome. Anything else on All Elite? Uh, yeah, I think you touched on all, all the highlights. Yeah, it was very short. But it was a very short um, press conference. Yeah. Uh, but I am looking forward to May 24th of the Double or Nothing, or Nothing show. I will watch that on Fight TV. Fuck it. I'll go to Vegas if I can. If I can. <laughs> Hey, if you can. He said, boys, we are going to Vegas. I'm like, listen, don't you tempt me. (laughs) Don't you tempt me. If you can, definitely make the most of it. So then another comic I've been reading, um, I started reading this new one. It's called Daredevil's Man Without Fear series. It was written by Jed McKay and the art by Danilo Bayruth. And it actually, Daredevil dies. Oh, really? Yeah. So it followed, it's, um, so in in Foggy, it's a short, like, starter mm-hmm. so foggy nelson has to deal with his loss and how hell's how like how who's gonna wondering who's gonna protect hell's kitchen now that daredevil is gone yeah so i mean i'm it's a it was a it wasn't much of a uh st- of a uh startup i mean like yeah they didn't tell too much story but yeah matt had some like demons too Mm. But we all know that, so I'm really interested. I'm actually following that the new ep- the new issue came out today, mm. so I'm really interested to see where that going. Mm. And uh, yes, Kenny is definitely going to All Elite. Oh, oh, really? okay. Yeah, um, a reliable source. I said like Kenny is going to All Elite. He told me, but he wasn't at the press conference though. Oh, so maybe it could be like Vince Russo always said. It's all about the swerve, bro. <laughs> it's all about the swerve, bro. You know what, bro? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, you still been listening to something to wrestle? Uh, you haven't left the house. Oh, I haven't. I haven't listened to it since the William Regal uh, episode I checked out. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, man. They they did. You know, they did the watch along with. Um, that was another thing I did. They did a watch along of the Raw when Mankind won the first won the championship for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I actually logged on to the network and watched it as as like the as the episode was going. They do a lot of those. You should really check one out. Okay. But it was just funny. He's like, and right at this moment was when Tony was when everybody changed the channel. Oh, I remember that when Tony Schiavone said, "Well, he gave away the the spoiler results for yeah. Mankind winning the the championship." He goes, "Oh, that'll put butts in seats." Yeah, I remember that. I was like, "Oh shit, McFoley won!" I gotta see how Clint, he did it. Everybody did, and it was during a match between what was it Road Dog and Al Snow for the Hardcore title. I think so. Yeah. And like... remember Tony, China's friend Tony. Oh, was it was it this? Did this involve Mark Henry? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was that episode? I was like, oh, I remember that. Uh, it was when she. That was when um the character first got introduced. Mm-hmm. So I think the big reveal was like a week or two later. Yeah. So, yeah, had a good laugh at that one. <laughs> so yeah, definitely check out Man Without Fear. And then um, season two of Runaways came out. I'm actually still working on that. Okay. So yeah. Um, Still just as good as the first season. Um, it follows the events of season one. And the teens are now just, fought, you know, they got their powers in season one. So now they're just developing how to, like, use them. Yeah. And also still, you know, run run away from, you know, hiding from their parents. A couple of a couple of meetups here and there so far. But um, so far, I like what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Brian Kavon's still the executive consultant. So Oh, cool. You know, that was good. And then the infamous uh, Iron Man trade paperback that I've had in my box at Rock Coco's forever, but then I just finally said, you know what, I got to get it. It's written by uh, Brian Men- Michael Bendis. Is one, I think it was one of his last works before he um, before he left for DC. Yep. And then, shut up, John Aponic. And then uh, the art by Alex Maleev. So basically what it's, what it's about is that Dr. Doom is trying to turn over a new leaf, although he steals the Iron Man suit. Mm. So it's Dr. Doom in the Iron Man suit. Okay. Yeah, so I'm still like kind of in the beginning, so I don't really, I can't really go forward in that. I think it's like three paperbacks so far. Mm-hmm. I know I, I do have the hip hop cover where it's a tribute to, um, I forgot that, oh, I forgot the name of the album, but it's Big Daddy Kane's with the song Ain't No Half Stepping on it. Yeah. Uh, Long Live the King? I want to say that it. that's it. And then uh, also, 
I picked up just because of the cover is uh, Immortal, uh, Immortal Hulk 11, which featured Hulk in Hell. Oh, okay. I literally bought, I'd never bought the series before, it, but it's just, I was like, I had to get it for the, co- I had to get it for the comic. I mean, for the cover. Oh, yeah. Because that was actually what they revealed at the True Believers panel when I went to New York Comic Con this past October. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, once they showed up, I'm like, oh my God, that, that cover is so dope. It is. I was like, I got, I'm getting it just for the cover. Yeah. And it happened to come out this time, you know, Take after Stan Lee's death. Because what they do yeah. is they just made a whole cover. And then at the top, you can see the Stan Lee 1922 to 2018. And as mm-hmm. I opened this. Yeah. And on the cover of the Hulk, it's like, it's like a zombified Hulk emerging from a Yeah, volcano. exactly. Huge weight loss, all black. And then a nice sketch of Stan the Man. Nice. That I kind of want to sketch over. And Excellent. then in the back, it has an excerpt from Stan's soapbox. Okay. So, fitting tribute, but they need to like release like a nice book. Oh, yeah. So, um, and big shout outs to Brian Lucier, who um, let me use his New Japan World logins just so I can watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Nice. So, um, greatly appreciate that. And uh, anything else? Um, that's uh, well, about oh, well, Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nobody cares. But uh, about Wrestle Kingdom uh, 13, definitely. What did you think of the main event between Tanahashi and Omega? Holy shit, that was. But Kenny should have got a send off. Yeah, like you know, I was surprised that uh, that Tanahashi won. I thought that Omega was gonna like maybe maybe get the get the big W, maybe keep the belt for a little longer. But I could story wise, I could see why Tanahashi won, because it's like you know, you know, it's Kenny Omega says, "Oh, I'm the new generation. You're just a has been. You're the old ace." Yeah. And uh, K- Tanahashi says he's got one more, and I mean, he did. And it was a it was a hell of a match. Yeah, it was. It lasted for like forty minutes, and I'm just like, yeah, yo, this is insane. Like American, like casual, like American audiences wouldn't be able, don't have the patience mm. for New Japan. Yeah, casual, yeah, casual like like strictly main roster WWE watchers. They yeah. they'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm bored." Yeah, but the crazy thing is, it's like enough spots mm-hmm. to keep you interested, but then it's still like sometimes the build up does take a little while for that. Yeah, yeah, and and so. yeah, and it was it was some solid storytelling too. Um, like Tanahashi, he was gonna he's tempted to use a table. And then, like when he, when he did, he could just crash through it. He did the he just did his high fly flow frog splash, tried to land on Omega. Omega yeah. missed. Yeah. Right, There's right a through lot it. of spots in there. I'm like, how the hell would he even like get up, getting up? Yeah, especially Tanahashi, because like he's like the Japanese John Cena. Like he's been around for almost as long as Cena has, maybe by a couple of years longer. And he's had like a scores and scores of injuries, and he's still doing it. He is still doing it. That's like, man. Also, Yuji Nagata was in there too, and Yuji Nagata, I remember him from WCW. Yeah, yeah, I saw him in the. It was in the pre-show. Yeah, and he's still, and he can still move. Yeah, yeah, definitely like somebody who probably took it easy, like, like easy in a sense, like maybe had like a technical style, didn't have to do too many high risk moves. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Yeah, but that's pretty much all I got for my game for my you know New Year's catch up. Yeah, yeah, same here, man. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I might subscribe to New Japan World because I, I watched Wrestle Kingdom it's through. Tempting. I'm tempted to it as well, especially yeah. with the G1 Classic coming up. Yeah, I think that's coming up in G1. No, G1 Classic Climax comes out in June. So what's April? April is the G1 Supercard with ROH at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That I'm watching. Now, I brought this up on Wrestling Fan News and now, now with the Elite leaving, and they were like the huge stars within the past few years. Yeah. Do you really think that mainstream audiences will still have like that interest in New Japan? Uh, I don't think... I don't think uh, mainstream audiences will still catch on to Japan, New Japan. Like, it, they'll probably get a little more buzz. Like a, some a little more uh, like a slight uptick in viewership, but I, I think uh, like mainstream fans as a whole aren't gonna like they're gonna tune in and yeah they're gonna move over to AEW wherever they end up getting their TV spot. Yeah, if New Japan was more easier, easier, easily accessible. Yeah. Then yeah. Yeah, I think it's easier accessible now, now with the New Japan World because it's only like nine ninety nine. Yeah, same amount. Same yeah. amount as the network. 
Yeah, which I, I might get because I, 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 I worth it. Yeah, because I ordered uh, through Fight TV. Fight, yeah, Fight TV is like because yeah, you got to pay for like each event. Yeah, like unless it's like a like a free uh, if they offer a free replay. Yeah, and they off I know they offer ROH shows for free, but like the pay per views you got to pay for. Yeah, ROH comes on TV. Oh yeah, just dumb late. Yeah, I watch it on my overnights. Yeah, <laughs> Sunday nights at like twelve thirty on like channel ten or something. Oh wow. Yeah, you can also watch. I think you can watch their episodes for free on their website, rwitch.com, and they have the, like the latest episode right yeah. on their homepage. And you can watch Impact on Twitch. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard about that. I'm like, ooh, this is bad. Yeah. This is bad. Like Impact, like on the one hand, I want to see Impact succeed, but it's like, man, they're bleeding. They're They've not, been. Ble- they're, they're not. They they are 2000. They are late 2000 WCW at this point. They really are. They're they've been bleeding chips for like years now, and like like I I like Johnny Mundo. I know he's the current champion. He's doing his thing there. But I want him back in WWE. You know, like I would love to see him go against Seth Rollins. That would be a dope. I would match. love to see him go against like Mustafa Ali. <sighs> Yo, he could do some things with Mustafa Ali, and Ali definitely deserves a big push. Like he's main. on. He's he's an occasional two hundred five now. Oh, nice. He's on SmackDown. Okay, that's good. That's where he should be. Yeah, like have him pursue the mid card title, the U.S. belt. I'm a, I'm I'm cool with it, but I really wanted to, I wanted to see him get his WrestleMania moment mm-hmm. and be and win the cruiserweight title because he yeah. was the heart of he was the heart of 205 Live. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay, Cedric got his because we all wanted Cedric from the get go. Yep. You know, but I was like, we I wanted to see. I wanted to see him get his WrestleMania moment, then move him up. Yeah, that was, but that's just my thing. I mean, regardless, he's get he deserves what he got now, so I'm not even complaining. Of... Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, nothing to complain about with Ali, unlike the Cowboys. But anyway, hey, we in, we still in the game, so I don't want to hear it. Hey, y'all ain't so like uh, <laughs> yeah, Kyle just looked at you. He's like, hold up, he sees the jersey. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, Kyle. I mean, hey, I, you lose I, a bit. Listen, I lost a bet, but you know, here's the thing. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, what do Cowboys fans have have to be proud of? This is what your third playoff game that you've won in what 25, 26 years. You know, you know, it's like, like the fifth, like fifth or six. Fifth or six, yeah. It, it, in that amount of time, come on, y'all ain't got nothing to be proud of, and you're not gonna make the Super Bowl. That's just this is the fact. You, you want to place another bet? No, but I'm saying that. <laughs> right there. But I'm saying that. Right no, 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 no. If you can back this up, you would place another bet. Even if, even if you made the Super Bowl, you're not getting the sixth ring. It ain't happening. You would you like to place that bet? I'm good, man. Right. I'm good. I mean, I think the point stands. No, no. Yeah. Also, I want to give a shout out to Janelle from HR from the Jabba Tears podcast. She's actually going to be she's actually going to be uh, commentating the uh, Battle Club Pro event coming up. Nice. It's a big deal for them. So, big shout outs to them. They've been such. They've been like. Such huge uh, supporters of us. And um, John Aponic says, Vic, you are such a loyal Pats fan. I'm not a Pats fan. Would you rather wear that or a Pats jersey? God, well, Patriots fans are awful people. So, I mean, that's like, that's like asking me, do I prefer AIDS or cancer? Come on, man. You love cancer. No, I don't, man. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's, it's just awful, man. It's just awful all around, man. And, 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 Shut and, up. I already... <laughs> And I just, I just absolutely cannot wait until, until I take take off this jersey, you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. Oh man, you got anything? No such thing as a loyal Pats fan. Well, that's a defeat for a whole nother thing. Not true. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you got anything else? Uh? Nah, that's pretty much it. All man. right. Well, let's we didn't have one for the last, you know, for our little hiatus. So let's bring back the question of the week. Okay. This is one that you'll appreciate. All right. Let's hear it. Who is your all time favorite movie director? Damn, that's a good question. All time favorite movie director. Damn. Can I take a guess at yours? Yeah, you can take a guess. I got two I got two on the mind for you. Okay. Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. And Roman Polanski. No, I'm joking. No, come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I would think Christopher Nolan. I never heard you say anything bad about any of his work. Well, I will say Christopher Nolan, he's made what, 10 movies so far? And all of them are great. Like he has he has yet to make a bad movie. 
but I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't call it my favorite director. Top five at least? Definitely top five or top ten at the at, at the at the most. Spielberg. Spielberg. He's oh. had misses though. He said he has his fair share of misses, but you know Spielberg is a great director in his own right as well. Uh, man, if there, there's so many directors, David Lynch. <laughs> nah, I, I won't say David Lynch. I like some of his films. Um, if I had to choose just one director, oh man, uh, I'm gonna go with Martin Scorsese. I'm going to go with Martin Scorsese as my favorite director. Uh, he's done Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, uh, Last Temptation of Christ, After Hours, King of Comedy, um, Gangs of New York, uh, The Departed, Hugo, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he's, I love Wolf of Wall Street. That was Scorsese, wasn't it? That was I him. I love Wolf of Wall Street. That was a good I movie. never seen I never seen freaking drug use. So yeah. Like that. Um and he's and he's got another film coming out, The Irishman, coming out this year on Netflix with Al Pacino and uh Robert De Niro. And Joe Pesci. Was easy. Oh, okay. Um he also mentioned Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas. Oh, oh yeah, and Silence. Silence was dope. That was okay. an excellent film. Mm, if I have to go with this modern day, I would probably have to say Ryan Coogler. Okay. Even though he's like three for three. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Fruitvale Station. Black Panther and Creed. Yeah. Yeah, I still got to see Creed too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm slacking in the movie department. And but all time? Damn, this is a hard one for my damn self. Uh, Tyler Perry. Who? Tyler Perry. Nah. <laughs> nah, I was a fan of his work. I just kind of like, because, you know, I relate to a lot of it, to the content of his work. Yeah. But it's just kind of like I kind of backed away from it with like no even explanations. Not like oh your work sucks and all that. I just I just lost interest, I guess. Yeah. Um, I probably would have to go with Spielberg. Spielberg, okay. Because yeah, E. T. was a shit. Oh yeah, E. T. E. T. I Close Encounters of the Third Kind was de- was good for its time. It's it's still it's still it's still very. I think good. it holds up. Yeah, it still holds up definitely. Is it in your collection? It is. Damn. Yep. Uh, Jaws. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Col- yeah. Color purple. He did do that. Yeah. He did do that. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I probably would have to go with Spielberg. Oh, yeah. For all time. Oh, hey. No arguments there. He's one of the greats. Nick Thomas says M. Night Shyamalan. <sighs> I will. M. Night Shyamalan. I'm glad that he's he's back to, he's back to doing good movies now. Like, first it was The Visit. The visit was very was quite decent. Then he did a split, and now Glass is coming out. So he's out. He has a good track record now. But didn't you like Unbreakable too? Since Un- it's part of that whole franchise. Yeah, Unbreakable is dope. That's my. That's still my favorite Shyamalan <laughs> film. Signs. Signs was good up until the twist, and the twist undoes everything because it's like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that these, these aliens' main weakness is water? Then how did they invade Earth? Yeah, it just it just comes apart. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, that's all I got though. That's gonna be up on our social medias within like a day or two. Yeah. So then anything else? Uh well uh, let's give a quick shout out to the sponsor one more time. Studio headphones. Oh you got yeah, if you want some high quality, high fashionable and custom studio I mean yeah, studio headphones, all you gotta mm-hmm. do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get fifteen percent off. Yes. Also, you can go get pick up a T-shirt at wehavemerch.com. Yep. And you can find us on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. iTunes. Make mm-hmm. sure you leave us a five-star review. Yep. Twitter. Yep. Facebook. Yep. YouTube. Yep. Instagram. Yep. I believe that's it. Uh, you can also find our episodes on Google Play. Yes. And Google Podcasts. Through the Google Podcast app. They got one now? Yep. Yeah, you download the Google Podcast app. Just type in anything, any podcast you want. Even type in uh, UWO, Codex Prime, you'll find us. Well, there you go, Android users. Yeah, man. Yeah, Android, we're, we're, we're at the forefront, man. It's where, we, it's where we belong. Okay, inferior device. You know inferior device, man. <laughs> if you can't use an Android, then you have no business using a smartphone. And how long did it take you? 
until we started the podcast. You did that same phone. It's it's reliable. Let it just you're up to your third upgrade. Well, I'm guaranteed you are up to your third upgrade, third free upgrade. Well, here's the thing. I did check in uh, the the trade in value of the phone. It's twelve bucks. <laughs> twelve bucks. So I might as well. I don't think that I don't think I qualify for any free upgrades through T Mobile. <laughs> They'll give you a free upgrade. They're like, dude, bro, just take it here, please. I'll see. I'll see. I was thinking of ordering a new battery anyhow. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, that's all we got for this week. Thank you for joining us. Yes. All right. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching through Facebook Live and uh, uh, listening to us through our SoundCloud. It'll be up uh, momentarily. And as always, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.